Download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. And I got to tell you, I really like the sound of that. And with WinBet, it's just that easy. WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. Download the app, bet big and win bigger. Let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where win bet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. The Greenlight Podcast will see clearly now with Oakley jumping into the podcast game. Head to oakley.com. For the greatest shades in the game. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Arthur Smith stops by Studio J. And we're graced by both Macon and Nate today. Chris and Macon kick the show off, then we go right into Arthur Smith. He talks to the Falcons 2023 NFL Draft class, headlined by B. John Robinson, how they're going to use him, how he's going to fit with Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. Also, everything they did to bolster that defense, all the signings like Calais Campbell and Jesse Bates, the trade for Jeff Okuda, Bud Dupree. And then Chris comes in for a little fun. We do a quick mailbag. We talk the river and Nate's trip down to Appomattox River Company to get set up with a couple kayaks, some gear, everything for the river they had, and we got it. Nate also brought his conspiracy theorist hat. He fired off some takes. We asked him a few more, so y'all stick around for that, and please enjoy. You'll hear about a little trip to Philly that we're taking in Chris's RV. Pray for us. Tell you guys what happened to me today? Yeah, I sure. lost his job. I don't know if this is good for pot or not, but uh, I was sex more sex. I was walking back the, along the back parking lot, and I saw this lady distractedly like back into this other car, dent it and left really bad, and pulled out. Stop it! And I got her license plate. Really? So I wrote a note to the car owner with the license plate of the lady who peeled out. Okay, so the question is, is that a code break? Vigilante justice. What Matt did? Yeah, I think it was Absolutely the right thing. Absolutely not. I think it's the right thing. Karma's coming back. Karma, nice. What kind of car was it? Oh, uh, the car that got hit? The car that did the hitting. It was like a midsize SUV. I got a good look at that what lady. What color? We locked eyes. Blue. Blue? Like a navy blue? Mm-hmm. 
You don't have make and model? What'd she look like? Middle aged. Karen. Um, I need a race. You know, woman. Like, race, please. Hispanic looking, mid 30s. Whoa, Matt. <laughs> Jesus, man. Jesus. Come on, oh dude. Oh, my God, dude. Serious about this? I got a hello. Okay. Do your hello. Well, I, I, as you may remember, the hello comes after the name of the place. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Hello! That's where they're filming Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm, one of my Fat favorite Brendan films. Fraser. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can't call it. Is he doing that for the role? I think he, got, he gained a ton of weight for that movie called The Whale. And it's hard to get it yeah, off. Yeah. I'm he not calling him fat in like a bad way. It's just he's bigger than he used to be. What is this? Flowers of Osage Mountain or something? Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm supposed to be fixated on Robert De Niro. I'm supposed to be fixated on Leo's bad accent. It's <laughs> uh, making point out as well. But I'm looking at Brennan Frazier. Hey, I'm here for the Brennan Frazier career renaissance. Another guy whose face goes out and in is Jesse Plemons, who's also in this film. Looked to be a rather thin-faced Jesse Plemons. What'd you guys think of that trailer? Because you hadn't seen it before today. I think if you take Scorsese's name off it, you take the actor's name off it, it's not going to bring anybody to the theater, okay? I think because you're seeing Scorsese and because you're seeing DiCaprio, De Niro, at all, you're thinking it's a great it's trailer. gonna be a good movie i trust all the people in the movie i don't need the plot you just there's no plot bros i read this one sentence on the <laughs> internet and i'm all the way in in the 1920s all right members of the osage native american tribe of osage county oklahoma are murdered after oil is found on their land and the fbi decides to investigate great film who are These the wolves actors? scorsese yeah. yeah they're talking about who are all the wool i i think the uh the murderers would would be the wolves. So, um, yeah, I can spot the wolves. Mm-hmm. They all lack melanin. Right, yeah. Um, okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brendan Fraser put on a fat suit for whale, and mm-hmm. it was controversial, is yeah. what I just read on Google. Because it was, like, ableist or something? Man, I don't even know. It was a fat suit? Yeah, well, there is a movement within the acting world to have just hire a, a bigger actor. For that, sure. It looks like that. I agree. But what if that big person can't act? Yeah, it's... Come on, and like talking about Robert De Niro, like he lost eighty pounds to play Raging Bull, and then gained it right back. Well, you know that's happening too with Harrison Ford, uh, and they're gonna redo, I guess, what Indiana Jones. Yeah, there's a and they're de aging him, so like it's CGI, and he's gonna be all young and sexy. Right. And Scorsese is the one that really got that started with the Irishman. With de-aging. the Irishman, De Niro, mm-hmm. and Pacino. Who would you like to see de aged? Like, give me a, a a franchise that you'd like to see rebooted. Because, you know, via de-aging. I was thinking, like, well, you go. I don't know why the name Jeff George came into my head, but I just think he'd be a great quarterback if you could de-age him. You want to de-age Jeff George? Oh, that's a different direction than I was thinking. That doesn't make any sense at all. John Wayne. De-age John Wayne. Cowboy. You say Jeff or Giff? Uh, I, I go Jeff. I don't even know who John Wayne is, really. I sent two John Wayne Jeffs this weekend. You don't know who John Wayne is? Not really. Okay. Like westerns, yeah. All right. How about Brandy Love? We could de-age her. I'm guessing by the sound of his laugh, this is a pornographic actress. Um, I was thinking Terminator with Schwarzenegger. Hmm. You know, they do that a little bit in Terminator Genesis, make him look a little bit de-aged. Terminator Genesis. Yeah, it's trash. Is that like Back to the Miners? 
kind of. It's like uh, they There's go one. back to the 84 timeline all over again. Major League. Yeah, go back and do Major League. Yeah. That's good. What's um, well, that Wild was Euchre. Thing. Wild Thing. Yeah, you. That was Charlie Art. Sheen. Reed, I know you're a big PGA guy. Did you see the club pro Michael Block think that ace yesterday? Blocky, blocky, blocky. He dunked it right in the hole, and I don't think he realized it. In the no, moment, that was Because so he walked cool. down the fairway. He was like, did it go in? It went <laughs> in. And his caddy was even, uh, he was range-finding it. He had a range-finder just to make sure it dropped right in the hole. He does look like Rosillo. That's yeah. what you pointed out. Yeah. Two S's, two L's. And he looks like if Blake Bortles and Ryan Rosillo had a baby. <laughs> Which I don't know that we can rule that out. No. Well... Biologically, well, I had a good point. Um, but yeah, he does look like Rosillo. And by the way, Rosillo was just at the uh, the combine and texted me. He's like, "I'm with your twin." He was with uh, Larry Nance. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and very Larry cool. said to say hello. Great. And I guess Larry's aware of the. Uh, oh, that warms my heart. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, Larry Nance Jr. and me, inextricably linked. Yeah, the NBA is down to its final four, and both series are three zero. And I got to yeah. say, like when we went to these. Conference finals, Eastern and Western, I'm always thinking like big business, and I'm thinking to myself like the NBA has a rooting interest here for sure. I mean, Celtics, Lakers. I mean, this would be like if Dallas was hosting Tampa and uh, the Steelers were hosting Jacksonville, (laughs) and Roger Goodell had to watch Jacksonville and Tampa go on to win and play in a Super Bowl. Uh the market situation in Denver and Miami. There's big markets like Miami, medium, big market, medium market. Thank God Jimmy Butler's there. Uh, in Denver, medium market again in, in the NBA. Remember, I told you to bet a sweep. You did, and I bet the series, and I almost bet, uh, I almost bet uh, Nuggets by more than two and a half games. But I got really nice futures lined up. I have a big future uh, for the uh, the Nuggets to beat the Heat. And I also have a big future for the Heat to win the whole thing. So either way, I'm going to be in the in the uh, in the plus column. But like this has just, I mean, this has been a great playoff. The conference finals suck. Will the finals suck, Matt? Because when I texted Ryan Rosillo a couple days ago and I was going to bet Heat money line, which I did over a course of a couple nights, he was like, "I don't know, man. Boston's really talented. They're much more talented." And I'm looking at you know, Denver and I'm looking at Miami and somebody could say the same thing. Who's going to guard Jokic, the whole thing. But like, could that be a series? It definitely could be a series. The one factor with NBA always to keep in mind is injury. Like at any time Denver could like, they're one guy away from being pretty thin. So if they stay healthy, I really, really like their chances, but that injury possibility is always there. But yeah, I think Denver's probably going to win. And get Joe Missoula out of here, huh? I mean, he always talks about how he watches the town four times a week. He got these sweatshirts printed that say, like, whose car are we going to take? I guess now yeah. they're asking, like, whose car are we going to take to the airport? Yeah, they're you know, taking no, they're taking a fucking Hawker 800 to Cancun. Yeah. How about you know a who, T-shirt uh, that says, how do you like them apples? How quick can Jimmy <laughs> Butler get that printed since we're just jacking off uh, Boston, Boston, you know, cinema for clout? Yeah, get Joe Missoula out of here. Get the Celtics out of here. And another thing is the the uniform situation is not great. Well, Denver is screwing everything Denver's up. Denver's fucking everything up. Could you imagine if Miami went back to the Tim Hardaway's and uh, Denver went back to the uh, Alex Englishes? Yeah, they have the best 
jersey in the league if they just wear the Alex English Nuggets jersey. The just best in the whole league. Just do it. It's up there. But they're not going to do it. Speaking of that, in the NFL, uh, and we do have Arthur Smith on today to uh, satisfy your uh, your NFL needs. We um, we we got the Giants wearing the 1980 throwbacks twice next year, and it would be really cool if the Eagles could wear their Kelly greens mm-hmm. and kind of coordinate this thing, like you know the whole World War One let's play football yeah. in the trenches on Thanksgiving or whatever was sure. Christmas. Uh, same thing here. Like let's, you know, uh, let's get Brian Dable and Nick Sirianni on the phone and let's, let's make this happen. Call me a purist. I do like in the NBA, the home team wearing white, the road team wearing their color. And then I felt typically the home teams wearing their color, the road teams wearing a white. There are some exceptions in sports that occur regularly. Like, USC, UCLA in football, they'll go with the with the USC red versus mm-hmm. the baby blue of UCLA. Mm-hmm. I would love the Kelly green um, uh, 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 colorway, et cetera, but I prefer the Giants be wearing the the mismatched navy blue lid with yep. the blue jersey, and yep. then the and then the Eagles in the white uni with the silver and Kelly green. Yeah, an old trim, Harold you know? Carmichael. Yeah, that'd be gorgeous. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. NFL news um we are in that part of the year i just saw a ranking of the top 75 quarterbacks since 2000 in college football where does bryce young land on that list uh sorry i'm not going to click on that article but we did get big ben on a podcast with kenny pickett his own podcast right his own podcast talking about we should have ben on for a home and home since we're buddies with him from that Mm -hmm. kenny chesney concert yeah um i'm sure he remembers But yeah, like Ben got into some hot water because, and when you read the headline, it says like Big Ben didn't want Kenny Pickett to succeed. When you watch the the interview, it's obviously couched with like a lot of love and like, hey, I rooted for you once you got going. But like initially, when somebody's succeeding you and you've been there 20 years, you don't want that person to, it's not like presidents. Well, the president will always say like, I wish my successor the best, but in reality do they probably not which is fucked up but and i think that's a code break as a president not to root for the next president no matter what um but i don't think it's a code break in the nfl i I think ben's saying the thing that a lot of guys think like a lot of guys think that and i might count myself in that grouping if i had more of like a legacy to defend Mm -hmm. um your job as an nfl player is you are conditioned to eliminate the competition um now i was nice to rookies i definitely tried to bring them along but i didn't think it was a necessity um and especially after you leave and you're sitting on the couch and people are going to compare you to this guy that guy especially at the end of ben's career he took a lot of shit Mm -hmm. for his ineptitude rightfully so. Uh, I don't think the first thing you're rushing to do is buy a Kenny Pickett jersey. I just, I I don't see the big deal in this whole thing. How different is it from Ryan Tannehill saying he's not, um, he's not Malik Willis's uh, mentor. Mentor. He's like, I'm not here to mentor him. See, if you'll remember, I didn't have a problem with that either. You know, um, the sound bite's worse than than anything. It's just, it's something to drive a wedge between you and a teammate. But at the end of the day, like if we're being realistic, like especially Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis, because while Ben's on the couch, he can't, you know, Kenny can't take his spot on the couch. Like that's secure. Malik's competing 
to take his job. And a year later, you can remember the whole Malik Willis craze for a week when he made three plays in preseason. We were like, how many weeks before he takes Tannehill's job? And now they're talking about trading Malik Willis. Um, I think it's just interesting to look back at that in, in retrospect. But I have no problem with what Big Ben said, especially in the nature uh, with which he said it. it. He was talking to Kenny Pickett, you know, yeah. uh, He's telling the truth. Like, it's hard to get mad at somebody for telling the truth about the way they feel. So many people lie about that. And we we do. We do. We we do. I'm a sucker because, like, the first day that Derek Barnett shows up, and I'm in Philly, I've talked about this at length, like him getting drafted and me going there. And, you know, like, it's a rotation. It's not quarterback. But, you know, I'm not immediately rooting for Derek Barnett. But after a day or two, if you like the guy, it's hard not to. Yeah. And I, the, I quickly became his biggest fan. And it's just one of those things that's kind of ingrained in football players and competition athletes that you you have to compete with everybody, even when you're not on the team in I'm, a weird way. I am rooting for every single other real estate agent to fail. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not at all discriminating based on age agency say a divorce happens mm-hmm. not gonna happen we love our lovely wives yeah but then hopefully they love us too because obviously they could leave us but i'm hoping she's she winds up with quasimodo right you know <laughs> like i'm hoping she winds up with brendan fraser from the whale yeah you know yep. i'm not i, I don't want brad pitt mm-hmm. unless brad pitt's got a micro you know cash app the easy way to send, spend, save, and invest with friends. Cash App helps you connect effortlessly with your finances and with your people, and that's money. I love going on a float with my buddies, and we all share our cash tags and split the bill. That is what friends are for. Cash App provides us with an easy way to send and spend money, save and invest in stock and Bitcoin, Cash App, however, does not provide a dry pair of pants. You want to remember that when you get off the river. Try the number one finance app in the App Store. Whether sending, spending, saving, investing, splitting, tipping, donating, or gifting, that's money, and that's Cash App. Download Cash App from the App Store or Google Play Store today to create your own cash tag. Good news, the Thursday show we do with AMP will continue, 4.30 every Thursday. The Greenlight team, Cowboy Reed, Fax, Kingston, uh, I'll pop through there sometimes. On AMP, you can interact with us really easily. There's a call-in button. We invite call-ins all the time. You can talk directly to us, ask us questions, ask us our favorite music. We might even play some. There's also a live chat during the show. If you have a question about a topic we're talking about, fire it off in the chat, we'll answer. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be doing what we've been doing all fall uh, every Thursday at four thirty on AMP. Uh, check us out. It's a Taylor Heineke mention uh, in the Arthur Smith interview, which you'll hear right now. I really like Arthur Smith. I enjoyed talking to him. Uh, I've heard amazing things about the guy, and I really do think in a division like the NFC South. There's gains to be made, and uh, and they have accrued some really good talent, especially offensively. You talk about like tight end, wide receiver, running back, uh, Bijan. Uh, you know, you've got um, uh, Kyle Pitts. You have uh, Drake London. They have really stacked up some nice young players on the offensive side of the football. Defensively, they brought in some some reinforcements. A lot of mixture of veterans and guys from in division. 
um, you know, guys that they're used to playing against. Uh, I'm really excited about the Bud Dupree signing. See what he's got left in the tank. Calais Campbell's obviously a veteran. Uh, I love the guy from New Orleans. They picked up. They they're going to be better this year. Jesse Bates and Jeff Okuda. Jesse Bates, Okuda. Yeah. So reinforcements but are on the this way. This year is going to come down to Ritter. I don't you know? know. I don't know. Success this year. Ritter's going to have to step up, and he might be the guy. We'll we see. Just don't know yet. We'll see. Hey, um, self call here. Okay. I said five of their first six were at home, and then then he hit me that the ones in London. Well, it's that's whatever. on me. You it's know. On you. They are, they're going to be the home team in London. Good That's job what I getting meant. out ahead of it. That's what I meant. But wait, wait till you hear what he said about London. We might have to go to London right. if, that, if that thing happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so enjoy Arthur Smith. And on the back end, we'll have uh, Dr. Fax in for a couple minutes to do a, a mailbag. Talk about the river this weekend. We had a nice trip. Uh, as, in his new boat. As a green light staff. Most of the staff, well, some of the staff, we had a smattering of employees there. And so, softball team members. Softball team members, yeah. Congrats to my nephew, Chase, graduating UVA Law School. Yeah. Big ups. Congrats. You know, with all the degrees kids get now, you could have skipped that and come to the river. Well, even even this cat, Chase, himself said, you know, maybe a PhD. Like, what are we doing here on, on this earth? We're just living and dying. Might as well stay in school my whole life. Nah. Said, you got it, pal. I think the other way around. Next time. Got that blue kayak loaded up for you. Yeah. And he's got his sun hoodie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got all the all the ingredients, man. Just need to show up, you know? One of these one of these Sundays, okay? We'll get him on the river. All right, here's Arthur Smith. Uh and and then stick around for a second on the back end. All right, this is a treat because uh I we haven't had a lot of Falcons people on and uh a guy that I've heard so many great things about. We were just talking offline. We got some mutual friends, Coach Arthur Smith. Appreciate you joining the podcast. How are you? Great. Appreciate you guys having me on here. Oh, it's good to have you, man. Um, the The first thing I want to do, we just had Dan Campbell on, and we do a uh, something called a layup line here where we we pick a song to pump up the podcast a little bit. It doesn't always have to be a pump-up song. So we did a little research on you. For Dan, it was like, hey, Metallica or Skinner, give us a Skinner yeah. song. Uh, for you, we did some – some digging, and we found out that at least when you were in college, Bruce Springsteen was maybe your favorite artist. Is that true? I, I, yeah, I like the boss. I mean, that, that's always a, a solid, non-controversial one. To yeah, go with. yeah. So, so do you have a favorite Bruce Springsteen song? I mean, it depends what time of the year. I mean, if you're trying to get the you know summer, I mean, you can certainly go "Born to Run," I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. But any of the the other. You know, certainly there's plenty of country songs that you could use as well. So. Okay. Well, it is just about summer, so we'll go Born to Run. It's a good choice. Safe choice. Safe. Coach Smith, yeah. Um, and by the way, your new quarterback, Taylor Heineke, when we had him on, we figured because of where he's from, he would know something about the Almond Brothers, and we teed it up for him to pick an Almond Brothers song. He had never heard of the Almond Brothers. That's a shame. I'll have to get Can on you re- that. rectify that situation, please? Yeah, I'll try to do that. Try okay, to. good. Um, Coach, I want to start with the draft, man. You guys have been picking up some really nice, young, talented players over the last couple of years. Uh, and some of the free agents you got are my personal favorites. Like, I love Bud Dupree, and and Bates is a hell of a player. Anyamata, like a bunch of guys that that jump off the screen, and it looks like you're putting together a pretty good nucleus. But the running back pick and B. John Robinson, obviously a special guy. I think you look at this position, 
and we devalue it. But what made him an exception to the rule? And is there a rule with you in your history always having good running backs? Well, yeah, I think with Bijan, I mean, he's a he's a different kind of running back. I mean, that's that's the thing, and similar to how you know we've used Cordell Patterson. Yeah, but they don't just fit in that certain box, and then we've done the same thing with certain tight ends. Uh, we'll do it with John O. Smith, who we had in Tennessee. We were uh, we traded with New England to get John O. down here because him. You know, I always use the analogy: Kyle Pitts and John O. Smith are both listed as tight ends, but they they can play so many different spots. And I feel the same thing about Bijan as we do with with Cordero Patterson. Uh, they're very different players at Tyler Algier. And the thing about Bijan that stood out is. I, and I've used this analogy, he's a home run hitter. And it, it didn't matter what scheme Texas ran, you know, from handing the ball in the backfield, whether they're running gap or, you know, mid-zone, wide-zone, whatever you wanted to call it, he was a home run hitter. He was a, he was a great yards-after-contact player with really good balance. And then when you spread him out, he's played in the slot. He had that background and some of the 7-on-7 seven seven stuff he did out of Tucson, Arizona when he came out of high school. Uh, he did it at Texas. So, I mean, there's a, he's a unique football player and – the more you looked at it, I mean, he's a guy that can get the ball across the goal line. So we'll take guys like that any way we can get them. Yeah, for me as a defensive lineman, I had nightmares watching this kid's tape because of his ability to bounce. I mean, every play can go to the sideline. And, and I know that is, – is that an important thing to you as well? It is. I mean, I, I think, Chris, as, as you guys you know better than anybody, when you're playing late in the year, it's, it's those guys that can break tackles, I mean, that's, they're a pain in the ass to play against. Yeah, it's why Tyler Algier. If you really look at the second half of the season last year, and Tyler's a different yards after contact player, uh, the, the, those carries they, they add up, and um, so we're we're excited about. We, you know, I think we're going to be pretty unique offensively, uh, but that certainly helps. I ran into Howie Long in the wild a couple weeks before the draft. Oh shit! I said, "Hey, how you doing, Big How?" He said, "The kid from Texas is the best <laughs> player in the draft." <laughs> I was like, all right. He did, non-sequitur, yeah. just like, no, he, he loves right that running it. back, man. Yeah. I'm curious, with, with Tyler, who had a great year, do you give him a phone call after the pick is made and say, hey, you're still a big part of this, we're going to do multiple different things? Absolutely. You know, I, you know, I, I always try to be direct with our players. I, I, certainly, I, I would want to know, and some people think, all right, well, it's, you don't have to share that, but I, I feel differently. Because I do want Tyler to know. I mean, this isn't a player that's going to replace him. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people try to use the Derrick Henry analogy. I got asked a lot after the draft, which is ridiculous. I would never ask somebody to be Derrick. Uh, what Derrick did for us in 19 and 20 when I was in Tennessee is is rare. Um, and I just I don't I don't believe you know in comparison to players like that. And I think with Tyler, I think the way the season goes. I mean, if you can get about 1,100 plays on offense, you're averaging about 65. Snaps a game, over 17. So even if you try to split it down the middle, which we'd like to be more balanced, I mean, it's a lot of carries you got to got to distribute. So, and last year Marcus took a lot of the carries. You know, we were heavily, uh, you know, we ran the ball quite a few times and quarterback run, which we'll still lean into. But Marcus was was different. So Marcus took a you know he supplemented a lot of carries. Uh, that won't be the case this year. So when you have other guys that can carry the ball, that helps. When you had a, a Derrick Henry is one of a kind kind of guy, um, I feel like every year as like media members and his former player, you're sitting there and you're like, is this going to be the year he he takes a step back? You know, the attrition catches up to him. Was there a conversation that was 
ongoing in that building about like the net usage and and was he included in that and I, I bet you the answer would be he wanted the ball as many times as possible <laughs> he did and uh you know every team i've been a part of i mean you're you're always conscientious of that and you know what what the trends are and, and certainly what the the player you know where where he's at uh you know i think Derek is a throwback type of guy i mean yeah. i i mean you go back and look at it chris i don't know how you felt or maybe you feel now when you see some of the all the advanced metrics of people, you know, trying to monitor, you know, the GPS tracking, the load management. I know that term gets thrown around a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, certainly in the NBA. And then you go back and look at people that played in your dad's era, and the Walter Paytons and the Jerry Rice. I mean, it. You know, you go back and there's great NFL films of that and yeah. their work ethic. I, w- I would yeah. think Derek. You know what Derek did to get himself ready for the season. I, I wouldn't count him out. I think what he does is is pretty unique and uh, special. He certainly doesn't try to hold back. Uh, with Kyle Pitts and you know your background, I mean, one of the things I loved about what y'all did in Tennessee so much was the play action. Naturally, was a big part of what y'all did, and it was a nightmare for a defensive lineman trying to transition and and kind of get a read on what y'all are doing. Does adding a running back like this, and I know you already have some forces in the backfield, but just can you continue to lean into that a little bit? And, and with Kyle Pitts uh, and being a tight end, technically, is there more opportunity for him? Ba- you know, off of that run game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go back and look at his rookie year. Um, you know, where he broke a lot of records. He had over a thousand yards receiving. Yeah. We were a little bit different you know, with Matt back there, quarterback. Um, and it's it's funny how people forget, you know, it'd be one thing if, if Kyle was still riding the hype machine, you know, coming in the league when we drafted him out of Florida. But Kyle did have a really productive rookie year. And then last year he was fighting through some things and uh, he still had a, a large impact on us winning. Certainly there's things that we, we all could, you know, improve on. And the thing is about Kyle, he's wired the right way. And I think certainly this is going to be a big year for him and he's got a bright future. But it, it does. It is kind of comical, Chris. Sometimes you look back and it's kind of the way society is. Uh, sometimes I joke, I think we're living through the most technologically advanced era in humankind, but probably the most you know uninformed era of humankind, too. Mm-hmm. People's attention spans are so small, and there's people, you know, there's all the stuff's at your fingertips. There's no context to anything anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that's kind of certainly if you look at Kyle, you know, his rookie year. Uh, certainly, he made some big plays for us last year. We missed some opportunities, and but we're excited. We're excited, to, you know, when everybody's out there and where this offense can go. And then you get a guy like Drake London, who um, is a lot of fun to watch. I like physical receivers, I guess. Uh, and this kid, you know, didn't test, you know, uh, traditionally well when it comes to like, oh, he didn't run like X or Y or Z. Um, what was it about? that decision and what went into that calculus like do you not focus as much on the numbers when you look at a guy's combine uh if you really love the player like how did that go down well you take it you know all relative you know there's certain things with with drake he was coming off the ankle injury yep and so he was kind of he was late working out uh we were able to go work him out privately at usc which helped yeah but going back to the tape uh you know there's certain guys i mean you know you're not going to make a four-seven guy. It's not going to become a four-three guy when you use the old analogy. He's faster with the ball in his hands. But that, from that four mid four fours to high four fives, I mean, 
if you go back and look at A.J. Brown and, and Derrick Henry, they weren't, you know, sub-4-4 four, four guys, but they run away from a lot of people the last couple of years with the ball in their hands. Yeah. And they did that in college, too. Yeah. And then Drake, he, I got another guy. Yeah, he may not be the 4-3 guy, but he made a lot of explosive plays at USC, did it inside and out. Uh, one of the more competitive players I've been fortunate enough to coach. And then you could see that basketball background, too. He's got great spatial awareness, good feel for under, in the zone. Yeah. Coach, really important question. Do you like your uniforms? Mm. <laughs> which one? You talking about the, uh, the gradient the red? Kit. Yeah, which one's your Any favorite? Let's start there. Yeah. And how do y'all pick? Do the players pick with y'all? Because, you know, Fish used to, well, Jeff Fisher used to come in and be like, what do y'all feel like wearing today? And the old linemen wouldn't want to wear all white because they said they look fat. And, yeah, you know, there's just a whole thing going on in the building. Yeah, well, you got to turn those uh, those in about this time of year, about what jersey you wear. Uh-huh. Uh, now they'll let you wear the, the throwbacks three times and throwbacks. You know, we, with the red helmets. And uh-huh. so we'll do that. And then so then you pick – obviously you can control the home jersey, but you can't control the away one. Right. Um, I know this will be unfortunate. You know, people will be upset about this, but we won't wear those red gradient jerseys mm. this year. Wow. Breaking news. Breaking news. As long as you wear the throwbacks, Coach. Throwbacks are beautiful. Oh, my God. Um, did the players get a say in that? I always talk to them about the, the pant colors. And, you know, I'll ask some of those guys. But as you know, Chris, you, you ask 90 guys, you're going to get 90 different opinions. Exactly. At some point. exactly. You get paid to make a decision. So Yeah. Well, I'm switching over to defense for a second. Um, I mentioned Bud Dupree. One of my favorite players. Uh, I thought he didn't get enough credit in Pittsburgh and really in Tennessee either. And uh, what goes into making that decision? What what void does he fill for you guys? Anyamata, what'd you see in him? I know that the DC came over from uh, New Orleans, and you probably got a pretty good book on him playing him in division. Those guys you brought in Bates, him, Calais, Bud Dupree. What was the calculus with with infusing some of that talent? Yeah, I just wanted to. We wanted to obviously get more stout on the on the defensive line and be able to rotate guys. I mean, I, I think back to that Super Bowl you won in Philly yeah. and the way you guys platoon that D-line. Yep. Um, I think that helps, of course, of a 17-game season. We've asked a lot of, lot out of Grady Jarrett the last two years and even Lorenzo Carter last year. I'm, not, I'm not excited we got back. I mean, yeah. he played a ton of snaps for us. We'd, we'd like to be able to rotate guys a little bit more so when you're – you, that's the plan. Uh, we feel good about our depth there. And you mentioned it. I mean, Bud, you know, it doesn't matter the scheme when he's in, when you're an edge player like that. I'm, I'm sure that was probably maybe somebody brought that up when from going from the Rams to when yeah. you were played in New England yeah. to, to Philly. I mean, you're an edge guy. And yeah. so Bud's very similar. And uh, he can set an edge. Certainly been one of the better speed to power guys I've seen in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and then when you got you can roll Calais and Lorenzo Carter and Arnold Ebicati is another guy we drafted that we expect to take another step and and then interior with David uh, another guy obviously being in the division we were well aware of David uh, Ryan's got a lot of Nielsen's got a lot of history with him and uh, <laughs> he's one of those guys too when you play him when I was in Tennessee or then in, even my first years in Atlanta guys you can tell when you hear the old line talk about certain guys so we're excited David's a, a Falcon now. Yeah, exactly, and uh, I'm sure the offensive line feels that way, but it's complicated during training camp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so defense, what's going to be different? I know uh, you had Dean Pease last year, Ryan Nielsen's coming over. 
what what does that scheme look like and what are going to be the cornerstones kind of like for 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 um you know a falcons defender in 2023 yeah well we were certainly trying to get bigger along the lines of scrimmage when uh with Dean being here, and I really appreciate everything Dean did did yeah, for us. And legend. Yeah, I mean, we were – I mean, it, when we got here, I told Dean this. I said, we're not going to be able to spend a lot of money. We're going to try to, you know, develop our own guys the best we can. And there's a lot of a lot of veterans that I'm very appreciative of that came here on, on one-year deals and, and, you know, we weren't able to, to, to re-sign them or they may have been the last year of their career. And those guys, those guys did a lot for us. And um, you know, this year, obviously, when the cap room opened, we were able to to go out and spend a little bit more. Um, but when you're talking about base three, four, four, three, as you know, when you're, you're playing a lot of teams in sub offense, you're going to be in a lot of four down fronts. Mm-hmm. We'll still be a lot of five down fronts. And at the end of the day, what I'm probably not going to get into on here is the scheme part. But mm-hmm. what you ask those guys to do, whether you're playing five down or four down, and if you're trying to ask certain guys to two-gap or not. I mean, to me, that's the difference in the traditional old 3-4 where you had a zero nose and two fours and people were playing a lot of shell defense asking guys to two-gap up front. And there are certain things we may or may not ask guys to two-gap, but that, to me, is the biggest difference when you're talking about 3-4 to 4-3 because, I mean, how many different under fronts did you play, Chris, in your career? Well, I mean, it's I played a lot of different schemes. And under, we played a little bit with Greg Williams. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned New England – uh, it was funny because, yeah, I was an edge guy, but then they, they were like, oh, by the way, you're going to play a lot of three this year. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. all <laughs> they right. They tell you that when they uh, recruited you there? <laughs> they, they, tell me that, yeah. they told yeah. me that week three when uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, Jamie Collins um, got traded, I think, and then the whole scheme changed. <laughs> and it was like I came yeah. into work one day. I was like, okay, I'm going to be working out with the D tackles a lot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you you bounce around and – and yeah, teaching the schemes, the fundamentals are the same, right? Uh, but it's just different positioning, different hand down, different pressure key. It's it's the repetition of of transitioning from one scheme to the next. It's just reps. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the depth we have up front, and uh, you know the possibilities of where this where this team's going. And yeah, yeah, no question. You you got the schedule that came out. I mean, you know your opponents for a while now. But I think, you know, some people are like, ah, the content consumers, uh, we already knew who they played. And now it's about uh, whose social media team can come up with the best schedule release video. Do you have a say? Do you have to lay eyes on that schedule release vi- video before? I know you probably saw Tennessee's this year. Uh, the Chargers yeah, was, uh, have a pretty famous one. <laughs> yeah, where do you, you don't. Uh, where, where do you have? Do you have a say in that whole thing? Nah, not really. I mean, I don't get that. Uh deep in the weeds on that stuff. It's, yeah. you know, some people, you know, they lose their mind over, you know, the way that the media landscape's changed. I mean, the, the teams now, I mean, their media department, they're enormous. And so if you if you got worried about everything that's written, I mean, I'm not doing my job. And Yeah, you won't have time. No, and, and, but, you know, the thing I think you try to make sure is, is nothing that, you know, just absurd that's maybe classless, but, <laughs> but I'm not a marketing uh, person, so I try to <laughs> – I'd have to stay in my lane as best yeah. I can. When the schedule was released, were you happy to see Bryce Young in week one, Jordan Love in week two, as opposed to week 17, 18, because they're not going to have that many, obviously, reps under their belt. And you see five, one, two, three, four, five out of the first six at home. Do you, did you like the way it, it, it 
shook out for you schedule wise? I think it, it, the most important thing to me is the the travel and the, and the logistical planning with that part. You know, we're going to London week four. Ooh. We're not taking the bye. Um, we went to London two years ago and took the bye. You know, it was a, it was a week later. Uh, those are things I, I I care about more than you know. I know people make a big deal, but we've all seen rookies that come in week one and they light it up. I think if you go back and look, I believe Cam Newton had a 400-yard day passing. You can fact check me here. I think it was against yeah, Arizona. You're right. And, uh, you know, we played him when I was in Tennessee. It was a couple of weeks later and played pretty well and got up on him. And, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, that doesn't as concern me as much. Some people get, up, you know, all unnerved if it's a new staff and they don't have enough film. But I, I don't – that doesn't concern me as much. It, but the, the, the travel logistics is what I, what I care about, how to plan out, you know, when your buy is. And that stuff does matter to me. What, what week is y'all's buy this year? We have it off the top of my head. It's I know it's November nineteenth. I believe it's week is it eleven? Yeah, which is a good spot for a buy. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's kind of sandwiched in the middle enough. You know, Um, we also got Chris. We didn't get a Thursday night game, so you know I know a lot of people make make a big deal of that mini buy, but I I just try to take advantage of the fact that we don't have to cram for that short week. Yeah, that's the hard thing, right? What do you, what goes into trying to get your whole game? As a player, I used to, we're not worried about it, especially the D lineman. I'm like, okay, we're running over. <laughs> we're running, I'm good. Uh, but y'all were scrambling. Like the coaches, are, you can see it on their faces. It really throws off the routine. What goes into that Thursday uh, week? Yeah, I've done it so many different ways, you know, different staffs. I mean, I think that another thing where it comes back to is the travel. Yeah. You know, where are you at? Where are you at that Sunday before the Thursday game? And then if yeah. you do have to go on the road, how far is that travel? Because it, yeah. it is like cramming for an exam, yep. you know, certainly from a game planning perspective. And then, you know, trying to get – I've done it so many different ways. And it's like, is, you know, how you handle that Monday night if you have a walkthrough that night or you don't, is that the difference? I, I don't know. I mean, I, at the end of the day, you know, once it's kicked off and if you guys are ready to go and how you execute, to me, is more important than anything. So – no question. We don't have to worry about that this year. Coach, uh, I didn't know this about you. I'm like the only person under the sun that didn't know this about you until like last year uh, that like uh, you're part of the FedEx family. I know you've talked about it a lot. Uh, probably a guy that didn't need to do this. Um, I know you've discussed this, but like what goes into you know the process of making that decision? Like I want to give my life to this profession that, that really is – hard, hard work, uh, when I know uh, you would have been fine anyways, but that's not how you're wired. Well, I mean, I, I think it's a, you know, first off, I, I was lucky as hell to have two great parents. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think the biggest impact that this game, you know, has had for me in terms of a lot of it was passed down from my dad. And I don't know if you felt this, you know, obviously you grew up with a, you played the same sport as your father. Yeah, obviously a very successful career, but there's something about football and the lessons it teaches you. And that's always my dad. My dad was a, you know, a Vietnam Marine, did two tours and he either wanted us to to play football or my brothers and I'm one of 10. So I've got an older brother, a younger brother. We all played football, at least through the high school level, because he thought it was a game that could teach a lot of lessons and, and about discipline and things that, you know, you you wouldn't otherwise uh, learn. So it was either, you know, kind of wanted us to go in the military or, or play football to have that kind of structure. And the thing, Chris, you know, it's, it's 
I don't know if you felt this way. It didn't matter where you, you came from, but it is a profession where they keep score. Uh, it's not a perfect meritocracy at all, but it's better than most professions. And, yep. and, and I love the fact that you go out there and, and compete. You know, played as long as I could. Played, you know, through college in North Carolina. You meet a lot of great people on the way, and it doesn't matter whether you're from, you know, inner city Memphis or you're from the middle of nowhere Montana. Uh, there's nothing like the bond of the locker room and then going out there and having to prove yourself. Coach, were you a Tar Heel on um... – October twenty second of two thousand five, final score. Oh yeah, the, the, uh, score the shootout. Keenan. Yeah, yeah. UNC yeah, seven, shootout. Virginia five. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my the worst god, dude. a game in, in ACC history. I would put that down. Two thousand five, yeah. huh? Yeah. Seven and five. Yeah, I remember that game. I do because because you, you guys were loaded on defense. We were good on defense. We had a lot of pro body types. Al Gro loved the pro body types. We had the. The pro socks. We had to wear our socks up and all that stuff. So, yeah, I remember that game well. Another thing is y'all y'all took Ronald Curry from yeah. Virginia, and you know mm-hmm. the the domino effect that had on our program because because I guess you want to explain it. It was Ronald Curry. Ronald and then, was committed to Virginia, changed his mind on signing yeah. day, and in the process, uh, Tech snapped up. Michael, Michael Vick. Vick, you heard of him? Yeah. 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 Oh. You guys didn't get anybody out in the Chesapeake area. No, no. no. But, yeah. but, but you also played with Ben Johnson, or was Ben there? Yeah, Ben was on the team. Yeah. yeah. How, how psyched are you to see his success? He's one of my favorite coaches in the league, and I'm so happy he yeah. stayed in Detroit. Talk about Ben a little bit. I know it's not the question you get all the time, but. No, he, he got upset at me. Uh, somebody asked me, and I think it was at the combine two years ago when he got the job in Detroit. I love Ben. He's one of the smarter guys I've been around and, yeah. and a genuine yeah. great person. And uh, he was a couple years younger. And Chris, I don't know how it was, you know, with some of the guys who are younger than you, that I, I made a joke and he got all upset because I said he couldn't take a snap. So uh, he was so nervous when he, you know, he was a young guy in there, yeah. but, um, but really smart, smart player. Obviously he's been a, done a great job in Detroit. We'll see them week three. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. But I'm really happy for Ben. So, one or two FedEx questions. Have you received a right. fine via FedEx? Because as Not players, no. it's like when we say, hey, you're getting a FedEx, we know what that means. It's like somebody's coming for your money. Uh, okay, the, the next question I have is uh, how long did it take you to realize there was an arrow in the logo? Well, I remember I, when they rolled out that new marketing plan when it went from Federal Express to FedEx. Yeah. Somebody told me that day. So you so, knew that you knew the first day right away. Like three months ago. <laughs> it is funny when people see it for the first time, you know, people that have known for a long time, they're like, they just realize it. That's a major aha yeah. moment. And then the other one is, I hear you have a sister who's a producer possibly uh, in, in movies or TV, mm-hmm. and maybe you could shed some light on this, like, Castaway is one of my favorite movies. I don't know how FedEx people feel about it because of the plane crashing, right? Uh, Probably got to sign off on that. What, what, how did, how did yeah. that come about? How, does, does Tom Hanks, is he like, hey, I'm thinking I want to do FedEx? <laughs> and then y'all are like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what's happening in the movie. I don't want to butcher the story completely, but I think the basic, how that thing started, uh, and I could, you know, again, we could fact check this all. So maybe this would be good editing or I just look like a buffoon. We're wizards, man. Either way, I'll tell the story as I know good. it. So the guy that wrote the script was a guy that had served in Vietnam. And I believe he emailed my dad about the 
the storyline. And yeah. he said, you know, basically, he was like, sure, as long as you, you know, make it or doesn't make the company look horrible with the, you know, the way that it made the plane crash. So then there's more to it because at the time, uh, Senator Bob Dole was trying to raise money for the World War II Memorial that's on the National Mall. And, you know, it was kind of slow going. So he asked my dad to help him raise money, uh, you know, from the business leaders, you know, around the country to give money. It was the only, it's kind of, I didn't believe it at the time, but then you go back and you look at it, there was no memorial for World War II on the National Mall. And so he went around and, you know, tried to help Bob Dole raise a lot of money. And obviously Tom Hanks, that was a passion of his, was saving Private Ryan. He obviously did the Pacific, which are, which are both incredible yeah. uh, series on HBO. So, so Tom took the job. He, my dad and him kind of struck a relationship, and I believe Tom helped him also push the uh, fundraising over the goal line. And, um, and then my dad was nervous. You know, there was a scene in there, and he always jokes that, it's supposed to be five minutes. It got cut to about 10 seconds. But he was worried about who they'd cast to play him. So he had a little small cameo. I don't know if he gets any uh, oh, no way. Nice. Yeah. visuals. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So that's kind of – there's a lot of, lot more to it. And I, one of the cooler things, and I've gotten to experience a lot in my life, uh, was being there when they dedicated that memorial. I believe it was Memorial Day 2004. And a lot of – lot of uh, there was still a lot of the living vets from World War II and uh, – that was a hell of an event, and uh, very one of the more powerful things I've I've witnessed. And uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of history behind that that story. You said you're one of ten. Who's your favorite sibling? <laughs> yeah, it depends on the day. <laughs> yeah, I got the same. Uh, no, we, we we're all still really close. Yeah, uh, we have a, you know we stay in constant communication. Yeah. Uh, a lot of us are you know got young kids. We're all raising kids and. It's, it's comical sometimes, you know, just hearing the stories. How does that work? Because if you have all those siblings, uh, a certain percentage of them are probably NFL fans. Uh, do they have favorite teams? Like, who was your favorite team growing up? And is it kind of evenly dispersed among the siblings? And then do they have to convert to Falcons fans and Titans fans? Well, at least pretend like they, they, uh, they're big Falcons fans now, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Uh, there's a big contingency that comes most Sundays. And uh, now it's fun because it gives us – you know, my dad always says it gives a, you know, it's been a reason for people to, you know, to, to get back get together, together. Yeah. on Sundays. And uh, that part's been been fun. I see yeah. him more now than I than I used to. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up in Memphis, you know, we didn't have a team. I was, it was all about like favorite players. I, yeah. You know, I, I did, you know, the, the ironic thing is I, I did like the Raiders. I was a huge Bo Jackson fan. Really? I don't know how you felt, Chris. Love Bo up, Jackson. But, I met him. Yeah. I got to hang out with him in my kitchen. I was like a little kid. It was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Love the so. Raiders, man. Yeah, no. Um, but but the, the burning question I have about your time in Tennessee is three head coaches go, you stay. I know what you'll probably say, but how did you survive – all three. Like, what is it about you, man? You got something going. An agreeable fellow. Yeah, he's just, he's got he's got something about him that he was he was sticking around in Tennessee through all that. And like, how hard was that? Was it stressful as hell to see all that change? Because when I was in St. Louis as a player, I went through four head coaches, five head coaches, and you know, eight years. And I know it can be hard to get your footing. Yeah, a lot of it, like like anything in life, a little timing and luck. Yeah, I think it's. A lot of it helped too with the position I was in. Um, when I got to Tennessee, Mike Munchak was the was the head coach, and uh, 
so thankful I worked for Munch. Yeah. Uh, I was actually on the defensive side when I got hired there as a quality control. I flipped over to offense, and uh, drawing the protections in the run game for Munch taught me a, a lot. Uh, and if you ever had a chance to spend any time with him, he's one of the one of the most humble guys I've ever ever met. Another guy that's got a Hall of Fame bust in Canton, yeah. Ohio. Um, and, you know, Bruce Matthews was old line coach, but I, I what probably helped is I was cheap because I was under contract. Whatever my title was, assistant tight end O-line, by the time Wiz came in there, uh, essentially he kept me to do a lot of the quality control stuff because it probably wasn't worth getting rid of me to bring somebody else in. Um, and so I was able to do that, and Mike Malarkey became his assistant. So the way that whole thing worked out, Mike bumped me up. And then so him taking over as interim certainly benefited me, and yeah. I owe a lot of credit to Mike. And then... Uh, when Mike Vrabel came in, just coaching the tight ends, he let a couple of us interview, and we had a lot of mutual friends, and obviously thankful he kept me. Yeah. Uh, Will Compton, did he fuck up scout team a lot? Uh, did he make the look – was he in the right gap uh, on, yeah. on, on the show team? Will could sabotage the scout team. <laughs> you know, there's, there's guys when you when – you, uh, and it taught me a lot, you know, when you – when you run those show team cards, uh, you come to really appreciate certain guys. Um, you know, things come full circle. It's part of the reason that we signed Brandon Copeland, uh, and Cope got a, my first year in Atlanta. <laughs> I, I'd always uh, loved Cope from when we, his early days in Tennessee, and and I always thought he was a smart player. And you never know the relationships, you know, when you, you cross over with people. But uh, Compton's got to be in the bottom five of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, scout team sabotage guys I've been around and and how surprised uh, or not surprised are you that those two have a big successful podcast now like did you see that looking back you're like yeah that makes sense yeah it's you know it's uh, certainly unique that they've uh, they both hit as big as they have uh, I actually remember Will you know pitching that to Taylor they're sitting in the cafeteria one day I just remember him it was it had to been sometime in 2018, and I give Will a lot of credit. And maybe you know, like a lot of people, um, he's he's just dumb enough to have that right amount of perseverance to, to fight through. <laughs> yeah, is there a player on the Falcons right now that you think could have a tremendous podcast after they're done? Yeah, I don't get any ideas. On, on our roster, uh, Ryan Newsel. Okay, uh, the old line had him. He, I guess his Instagram handle was Newsflash. And so as a rookie, he, he used to give a news update and never tell him about the online room. So when he started get, doing that uh, with a team meeting, he'd give a, a random Newsflash. <laughs> his delivery it might be the, one of the better ones I've heard in a long time. I like this guy. Upstate. Yeah, he's a, he's a unique char- character. He's got, oh. He tells a funny story. M- maybe Chris, we should call him. Anybody's high school highlights? No, is it, we can, yeah. Ryan Newsel's high school highlights? Well... He was telling he was a, a tight end coming out, and then he was at App State, and uh, he's got a unique body type too. He's about as wide as he is tall, and he's powerful. <laughs> and he, and, but he's they, they say he's one of the better like uh, you know country club athletes. Where he's got a pickleball now, yes. he's got tennis and golf. Yeah, because he is very coordinated, but he kind of looks like get that Barney Rubble look, I guess. I'm seeing him all fresh faced in high school right now, getting interviewed. Uh, his uh, River High post game highlight 
Um, yeah, we might need to call this guy. He might be a budding star. Get the news flash. Yeah, we get a news correspondent down there in Atlanta. Um, Coach, you were there with uh, John Gannon, yeah? Were, were you guys there yeah. together in Tennessee? What what we makes him what, what makes him tick, and how excited were you to see him get that job in Arizona? Yeah, John and I shared an office for two years. No way. Yeah. So yeah, that's how you survived the first two firings. You were you were you had bunk mates in the office. Okay. We did, and uh, you know, funny story is like if his contract, had, he and I were both through that uh, Wizenhunt transition, and he kind of yeah. left us in limbo. And then Mike Zimmer got that job, and John's contract was had run out and mine hadn't and uh you know john was offered to stay within minnesota offered him a job and sent the slip in so he left and uh that's why he didn't stay in tennessee but uh no yeah, john john's a funny guy uh, unique personality i mean he, that that a lot of people thought thinks he has that false uh, enthusiasm that's who he is every day uh he's a little bit of a renaissance guy he likes football, weightlifting, and then Italian fashion. It's, kind of, it's comical. <laughs> he had me. For, the, the overlap was strong there until Italian fashion. Uh, I know. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's bizarre. But uh, he's, he hasn't changed in that regard, and he's himself, uh, that's for sure. If you could give any of your friends, I'm sure you have had to do this in the last couple of years, but like advice on what's the biggest jump from being a coordinator to being a head coach and like everything you have to manage, what do you think are the biggest challenges? Well, certainly I think it helps when you don't skip steps. I think, um, you know, the, the experiences I had at every, every step along the way, I think sometimes people get you know, guys have getting getting jobs younger, and I'm certainly I benefited that, but I don't feel like I skipped any steps. Uh, so you have an appreciation of how everything works, you know, from the ground level. And I think going through being a coordinator certainly prepares you for being a head coach. Uh, just having the responsibility, being accountable, you know, in those pressure situations, and and setting up a call sheet and the play call, then getting to be the head coach. I think regardless of, of age is 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 the emotional maturity yeah. because every day there's going to be a new adventure. And, um, and the impact you have when you walk in that building, you know, if, if, if you let things bother you, you know, you can impact a lot of people's day. And so I think that emotional intelligence or mo emotional maturity is, is paramount regardless of your age. And that's probably the biggest advice is to make sure that you understand that every day is going to be uh, a new journey. And you got to be, be prepared for the unexpected. All right. So at this point in the interview, um, Macon is about to ask the most awkward question of all time. What do you mean at this point in the interview? We're we're we're, we're inside the interview. Are you serious? Yes. This has in. never been done before. No, this is the first time. We're incepting the interview. So I just want maybe should we do it after the question so I that like people already know what we're talking about? I like the inception. This is never. But we're going to probably overhype the the the. Um, the terrible nature of the question. Oh, I think that'll make it all the better. And I say we do it. Well, just people at home, I'll do you think he got where Macon was going with this? Because for five to seven seconds, I was like, this interview just went off the rails. Does Arthur Smith understand yeah, the question? Yeah, that's all you need to tell us. Okay, back to the interview. Now you hadn't skipped any skeps, steps, skeps. but do you, do you think you get that Atlanta job if your name's not Arthur? 
I don't want to take anything uh, that helped, I guess. You know, it's uh, so maybe, maybe it. it helped. I don't know what the monetary Arthur value was on the contract. Oh, yeah, there's two Arthurs there. You don't see an You Arthur don't see a lot day. of owner and coaches in, in lockstep. No. Like that. Yeah. My, my new thing now I'm lobbying for, maybe y'all can help me, is if we can win in London, I'm trying to figure out how to get knighted. <laughs> That'd be cool. <laughs> if you can have a round right. table. So, I think, you know, so I'll present it to the, the British media. Yeah. I fell flat when I brought it up last time we were over there. I'll try again. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get it. Let's if you get knighted, we'll come to London. <laughs> we're That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Put sir. Yeah. You can't just, it's yeah. no more, it's coach, it's sir. Yep, sir. Which is pretty obnoxious. That's pretty damn cool. Well, Coach Smith, soon to be Sir Smith, appreciate the time uh, and hope you come back again, man. Uh, good luck this year. We'll be pulling for y'all. I appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, it's good to meet you. I'm so excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. You all know I spend a good bit of time on the river and in the woods, and I need something that protects the eyeballs but gives me a clean, fresh look. Oakley's are changing the game, and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train? Just want to look like your favorite athlete, like, uh, I don't know, Lamar Jackson, Debo Samuel, uh, Justin Jefferson? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, there's more than meets the eye. Here on the show, we're all about looking good and playing good, and that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys. And since it's officially almost summer, you need to upgrade your sunglasses game now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I rock the Sutro TIs because they have a solid style that fits my work play way of life. They look great when I'm in the field at softball and I'm on the river enjoying a float, but they also come in clutch whenever I need to look professional. Oakley even offers prism lens technology. What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com, O-A-K-L-E-Y, for more information today. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, and you haven't tried the WinBet app yet, I have great news for you. Sign up today to receive special offers and take advantage of great promos. Don't miss out on the fun. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply, must be 21 or older, and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too, 1-800-889-9789. Nate came into the studio, and he was fired up about a Bigfoot take. He was like, is it real, is it not? Hitching Chris on it. So we just pick right up with Nate and Bigfoot. So your hypothesis was Bigfoot's real. Yeah. And then you were saying that you think there are people with like reverse alopecia. Like, yes. And there's people in the world that who but have the that shack way. size people with from, from You're what saying we're there's told, enough shack sized people 
who have reverse alopecia and live in the wilderness. And live in the wilderness. It's kind of, <laughs> think about it like this. It's kind of like Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Game of Thrones, you're watching, you're going through all the seasons, and then when you see those fucking giants, you're like, yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> like, right or wrong? Right. 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 You're just like, and then you're like, okay, there's probably only one of them. And then no, there's just a whole community of them living in the wild. So why can't that be Bigfoot? You think like it's, it's people. That yeah. logic. I don't you think know if it holds. Everybody's out there just like, oh, walking hey, around. Hey, hey, they're all like, hey, flowers. hey, they don't they don't accept us. They're gonna use us as experiments. So if they come near us, we're just gonna scare the shit out of them. No, because if it was people, people would people would, would get caught by now and get captured. No. Because they'd get too too greedy. They'd try to look scare you up too good. And look, the one thing that they're doing now to try to get integrated with with humans, the beef jerky commercials. They're starting. See, I'm telling you, bro. Like, hey, we'll give you a little of our culture if you guys leave us the fuck alone. I was actually thinking about this. AI is gonna ruin Bigfoot. <laughs> like, AI is it's over. Like, there's no more. Like, hey, that could be a credible photo. Mm -hmm. It was like way harder to fake. You'd have to first in the '60s. Imagine like you'd have to make your own Bigfoot suit. Like, there weren't novelty hot costumes. Damn. So they like, gotta. So if you were to you know, in the 60s, and then, like, you actually had to take the picture, the whole thing, you know, the famous one of that guy, that old grainy photo mm -hmm. in the 70s? <laughs> now, just gonna be able to bloop, Bigfoot the, on the fucking Adobe. I made Bigfoot on Adobe. Okay, give him another conspiracy. Birds aren't real. This is a Dr. Facts segment. What if Bur birds in, birds what? in Manhattan aren't real? They're saying birds aren't real. That they're, Who's like, saying that? Government's that's saying, a, that's a, a conspiracy. That yeah. Government conspiracy. The birds in New York. I, I believe the birds in New York. The most of them, they're they're cameras and drones. You got to pay attention. But like, like that's the last thing you pay attention to when you're in Manhattan or in, you're in New York City. Is the pigeons? Yeah, the I'm cameras. always paying attention to the pigeons. Those things are the size of fucking chickens, dude. You know why? Because people are feeding them. Oh, well, you think it's because there's real. a fucking? That's what they want you. Yeah. So are they manned? Yes, they're drones, so, bro. They been they're manned drones. though. Yes. There's Why do they little shit? people in there? To throw you Those off. Those are trackers. <laughs> trackers. So Peter, Peter McIndoe is 23 years old, and he started spreading this idea in 2017. He had an article in the New York Times, uh, and McIndoe stayed in character, pretended he was a true believer, or said he was a true believer, uh, <laughs> insisting guy. media interviews and online that birds aren't real. His van They're surveillance says, drones. His van says birds charge on power lines. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this guy's on to something. Book okay, him. my needle's moving a little bit on this guy. <laughs> I told you, bro. But, so his, no, but like birds aren't real in all caps, size 72 times the Roman on the side of my van. He's, he's had a, uh, they've organized real life protests. He's bought real life billboards that says birds aren't real. And they have a staff. They have multiple people, multiple people on staff. I'd like to have this guy on the show. We've got to bring in Mac and Doe. Can we have him on the show? Give me a cone. Have him on the show and we'll execute a pigeon right in front of him. <laughs> Dissect it. Just execute no him. No way. Explain this. You know that's how what you call started his you know that's how Tyson started his boxing career. No, we're not killing a pigeon. Okay. Out of good. respect for Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah. Seagull though. I hate seagulls, dude. Yo, seagulls are scared. No, actually. I got a friend that chases me with bread whenever we're on the beach. We've seen a few what, off sprays? <laughs> Ospreys. Yeah, those are kind of scary looking. I'm not gonna lie. And then when I was down in Tampa, yeah, are those? I guess those are seagulls, right? The are pelicans. 
Pelicans are fucking scary. Like I, I, I watched the Pelican dive like mm-hmm. like in front of me, like from my hotel, like and Are they real? They What's look that real drone doing eating a fish? Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. You know what no, I mean? No. If you're going to be a conspiracy theorist, at least, like, no, no that's I'm, what out. I was I'm out on this. Like, no, no. The I charging think, on the I, telephone pole, that I sounds think really that cool, though. birds that in sounds... New York City are fake. You think I think New that's where the most surveillance that they need. Who's doing it? The is... Chinese? No, NYPD. <laughs> the hell? <laughs> well, then why are they running around beating people up, too? Wouldn't you just let the birds take care of everything? You're not hiding it real well. You're because doing all this. They have all the real footage that they can just... Make it go away. Yeah. You think Area 51 exists where we have made contact with aliens? Unquestionably. Have alien spaceship. I don't even know. Like, it's not even a question anymore. It's like, this shit's real. And now they want to, everything's a fucking weather balloon or everything's a drone. But here's my thing, though. Like, why why is it so easy to be like, yeah, aliens are real, but not fucking Bigfoot? (laughs) Like, think about that. Well, that's a good question. Give like, me a second. Of, like, think about that. Like, Canada's huge, dude. Oh, yeah, well. And they have a lot of woods and forests. I don't think Bigfoot is... I don't think they're chilling let me in answer America. That, let me answer that more succinctly. I think... You don't think there's... You don't I think, think it's just there's, a... You don't it's think a, there's it's two a question of space. just chilling in Montana? You're in Montana all the time. You don't think if you're a Bigfoot that you could comfortably live there and not be bothered with the type of people that are in Montana? Just think about that. Realistically. Yes or no? I think somebody would find a Bigfoot, dude. And why would there only be two Bigfoots? That's the question I'd pose to you. Why would there be two Bigfoots? No, I'm just saying. How do they procreate and and pass their lineage down? If there's two Bigfoots in the largest state in the continental U.S., what, do they cover a territory of 5,000 square miles? Because who knows? It might be a big cover-up because people probably do hunt them. And then when it gets to the radar, like, hey, I found a Bigfoot, they send in that men in black team, hey, we're not putting this on TV. We're not doing none of that. We We're not raising body. awareness for reverse alopecia. Telling you, bro. Not today. Telling you. Let's head to the river. Courtesy Wait. of Appomattox River Company. They've got us covered on the river all summer. It was only a matter of time before Greenlight went down to Farmville to visit Appomattox River Company. Our guy Vince is a longtime listener. We appreciate you, Vince. And because of his expert watercraft knowledge, the Greenlight fleet has started to take shape. Appomattox River Company, founded in 1977, is simultaneously a small family business and one of the largest independent paddle sports retailers in the country. Experts in whitewater kayaking, kayak fishing, canoeing, stand-up paddleboarding, and river floating. They have kayaks, canoes, paddleboards, paddles, PFDs, personal flotation devices, Nate needs a couple of those, I think, and some of the freshest apparel to have you looking clean on the river. If you're in the Commonwealth, go check them out in Farmville, close to Richmond, Charlottesville, Lynchburg, and Roanoke. You can stop at Greenfront Furniture while you're there. Buy some furniture, buy a kayak, and if you're out of state, check them out online at paddleva.com. Yeah, Nate, dude. did you have fun on Saturday? I had a blast. I had a blast. Took a little dip in the drink. Well, that was Sunday. You took a dip in the drink. But yeah. Saturday, tell the folks about our guy at Appomattox. Oh, and- yeah. Me and Reed, we took a we took a nice little trip um, from Charlottesville out to Farmville, Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we had a guy, good time in the car. Got yeah. a free fucking kayak. This guy comes, dude, guy comes to the river, and I'd heard he got some free gear at Appomattox uh, 
River uh, in in Farmville, and I was really psyched to hear that Vince was into the podcast. Those guys are awesome. He's the guy who sent us gear before. He gave you and Nate a sun hoodie, making out a hat or two. We got about a dozen of those paddle VA shirts. Nate's wearing one right now. And uh, when when y'all went out there, and Nate, he comes back with this shiny, beautiful old town kayak. It's got all the bells and whistles. Like I'm looking at boats right now. This would be like the equivalent of getting a yacht. Mind and, you, I just realized <laughs> how good of a like brand, and I didn't know that it was like top of the line, like kayak brand. It's like a Bentley. Until I got in front of, like honestly, until I got in front of you, and I. Really, it you was John Phillips. It was JP. Yeah. When JP came, it was like, "Yo, mm-hmm. this, this, this is this is the kayak you got." Mm-hmm. Nice <laughs> knowing, kayak. knowing how much he does outdoor yeah. stuff, I'm like, "Oh, this must be a nice kayak." Or these guys are just gassing me just to make fun of it. Well, you wrecked the Bentley the first day, and this <laughs> the best part is like we all go out and we did like a 15 mile float. Um, had a great time on the James and uh, Nate is like circling my kayak early in the trip going, you got the old model? You need to get you an old town. You know, and like he's shooting a commercial like with me as like a prop. And I'm like, all right, you ever just, you ever just, you ever just like, just wait 10 minutes, okay? So this was the flat water. Nate was cruising the flat, in the water. flat water. So then we get to the the rapids, short of Warren, and uh, I shoot through it. In my perception, cut through it like a, a hot knife through butter, <laughs> and end up down there. Uh, and I got a front row seat uh, to watch the rest of the gang. And I have a feeling that something might happen. So I fire up the old iPhone, and uh, sure enough, Nate comes around the corner. And when I tell you he. Took on the rapids like he was a, he was he basically kamikaze the rapids, dude. He went as fast as he fucking could. The paddles at were all flying, angles. He was dude. not going straight. He was, but he was going as fast doing, as he could. It was yeah, like yeah. I got to give him credit for like running to the fight. <laughs> yep. And I I'm I'm kind of Jim Nancing the whole thing. I'm like getting my Kevin Harlan on with JP, who's you know from <laughs> Bath County, Virginia. I'm like. You know, John, how do you think this is going to go for him? How's this break going to go? Not good, coach. And uh, <laughs> as soon as he says that, Nate hits the second stretch of Rapids, and I go, this is where he's going to dump. And as I say that, he fucking you dumps. You and, see that, everyone out there? <laughs> oh, I they, also, were, they were hoping on my downfall. Let well, me tell you how it feels to be going through Rapids the first this time. This isn't a Ben Roethlisberger, Kenny Pickett situation. <laughs> You're my competitor. You were dogging my perception. My perception's got 100,000 miles on it. Guys, listen to this. Me being the only black guy in the group to be about to yeah. to be about you, to hit these down, rapids right? and looking over uh-huh. to your right, you see your group of white friends all standing on a rock with their cameras looking, just just waiting or knowing the disaster that is about to happen. No, two of the white guys helped you, but we <laughs> no, were yeah, we were a ways away. But no, imagine man. that, like man drowns on James River. But Hate Tom me, suspected. Let me tell you, me seeing you guys <laughs> all like, over there kind of pre-laughing and getting ready <laughs> for this for this for this fall and this crash, that's why I hit the rapids the way I did cuz I was like, you know what? I'm going to show them I can do this. Yeah. So I'm just going to rip through it and like you said, <clears throat> the first set of rapids I got through, but for whatever reason, when I hit the second set of rapids, luck ran out. No, I like I looked at something. I feel like, 
and the drop freaked me out and it made me like try to like or maybe it was the fact that you were ripping a big old blunt, which you kept dry. <laughs> so I got to give it to you there. Like you were, and and we, I think we thought, up the, I think we thought up the name. Well, I'll tell you. Well, first, first, the first funniest thing is his bags. Like he's capsized. He can't get back on the kayak, and it's it's upside down, and he's he's grabbing for things, and I'm seeing his dry bags floating down the river. And at that point, I say I'm I go Baywatch to get in. Mm-hmm. But at, but before that point, I'm just watching. And what I didn't realize was you had dropped a mason jar full of blunts. This mason jar right here. Okay. So it, it disappears. Pre, it was pre-packed, and I had it in the the little drink holder in my Bentley mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Old Town as a drink holder. So when I flipped, there goes the mason jar. No, the mason jar was actually in my chilling room. But it was very smart. It was attached to a bobber. It was attached to my chilling room. had a bobber. Which is really smart. Yes. Because this thing goes down the river. Now, fast forward 30 minutes, we go down the river and we find the thing. Reed finds the thing. So kudos to Reed. Well, it was with the help we, of a local angler. Local legend. We didn't catch oh, his no. name, but he was so Nate was so him bummed a about finder's this. Fee. We offered him plenty of finder's fees. He I turned was, it down. He was just fishing. Oh but anyway, God. we saw him come. Rob pointed him out. He said he came out of the woods, was hanging out down uh, about 100 yards, 200 yards below us, hanging out at the rapid. And he was there for a little while. And then he paddled away. We went down after chilling for a bit, and I paddled by this one spot, and I see his chilling reel just sitting right up on the beach, mm-hmm. right with, you know, laid out there perfectly. I go and grab it, and Nate is just ecstatic. Even though he had spare backwoods. Yep. <laughs> he had, he like, was so backwoods happy. tucked everywhere, dude. But it's hard, but what I realized, like you've seen, I had spare backwoods, but trying to roll a blunt while you're already on the river with the wind blowing, it is very hard. That's, that's why that, you pre-pack and you have blunts already That's rolled. where you had this aha moment. We had this aha moment where Nate was like, I wonder how long I could sit out here and like just, just on my own and, you know, with my stuff and could I could I light my blunt, like blah, 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 kind of like, and I said, kind of like alone or, or naked and afraid. And, and, you know, he's clutching the backwoods. We, we can call it backwoods. Backwoods. And it's Nate in the woods with his backwoods, he could bring a friend every time, and, and we could do like sort of a naked afraid w- with clothes. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then after being there, I'm already on the river for three hours, and me and um, um, your friend Rob, Rob, we were we were fishing, like throwing our lines in here and there. Jetboat <laughs> Jet Joe comes over and. Honestly, five seconds immediately, he throws his line in in the water and he catches a fish. He was like Jimmy Houston. Out he there. literally says, "Hey y'all, how, how you doing?" Tom goes, "Oh, hey Joe." He and then boom, his fish hook, on. He threw it and fish on. I couldn't believe that. So, what is it about fishing that kind of makes you fishing? I realize now that I'm doing it a little bit more. I don't know what you like. What I do is fishing, but whatever. Throwing a line out, fishing turns you into a hater. Really. Like if you're fishing next to someone and someone catches a fish, yeah. like you lo- you're low key hating. Maybe it brings out the natural hater in you. Maybe, but it's like it's like because it's hard to be. Comp- it's not hard to be competitive, but it's just like if I'm fishing anywhere and I've been there for like an hour or so, and you and someone comes after you and you chummed up the water yeah. and you feel like oh yeah. the fish are probably in my area now because of me, and they throw a line in and they catch a fish. 
That doesn't. It doesn't feel good. It's like somebody hitting the slot jackpot yes. after you. Actually, it's you're like right. yes. it's like when Channing Crowder goes to the bathroom <laughs> next to somebody. Do, do you hear his whole deal? He's Does so I funny. look you up and down? He's so funny, dude. I like Channing Crowder. He's so funny. He was like, I like to look into a man's eyes when I'm pissing next to you him. You think you think he would do backwards? <laughs> yeah, we should have Channing Crowder on backwards <laughs> for sure, bro. He would he would crush it. You guys would last like six hours. <laughs> No, actually, he's pretty country. He would he would last. So, anyways, float was great. Great also, weekend. Yeah, Appomattox River Company has this massive warehouse where we picked out our boats. It was yeah. great. They've yeah. got nice Rolls Royces, just like that Nate has, and yeah. they've got I go see quick the perceptions, I just like the you. Merch. And wait, yeah. I'm I'm gonna call Reed out <laughs> on on air. Don't try to give the inflatable away after. Uh, <laughs> he did try to pass the inflatable Yo. to my wife. I wanted to, I wanted to spread the love because Nate was like, "Oh, I'll get that one, and I'll take the inflatable." I just want to let just, everybody get some of this yeah. Appomattox River Company because making got a hoodie. All We've got some yours, hats and, and yeah. hoodies coming for all everybody for else. Yours. No, what do you say? Get out, Joe. No, it's he's just. Oh, it's yours. not mine. It's for it's for everybody. Oh, everybody wants to come to my stuff. house and pick it up. Come get it. <laughs> so. So the float ended, had a great time. I want to thank my wife, my lovely wife, for letting me go on Sunday. I mean, we I'm floating out down the river, and I'm just appreciating her. You know, she, I've, she's got the kids at home, walking around pregnant. She's got come out. Huh? I'm upset that you guys didn't let me know the type of float we were going on. A long one? Yeah, That was bro. on me. That was you my fault. You just have to come, come correct, bro. But like I, I came correct, but like mentally, like you no, didn't actually, come correct mentally. no, 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 I didn't because I would have had two more sandwiches. Okay. I was getting hungry. Speaking of sandwiches, bro, <laughs> I got a sandwich from Sheets, and I am ready. I have always been like this Sheets versus uh, Wawa thing uh, is totally blown out of proportion. First off, I don't go to the gas station to eat. Now, I understand some people like to go to the gas station to eat, not unless it's like a local gas station with chicken. Or something good under which a is fucking every, which heat is, lamp. Which is everywhere in, in Virginia. In the south. But these people from up north and like north of Virginia, it's like Philly is obsessed with Wawa. I don't go in to eat. Sheets, same thing. People used to drive to Sheets after the bar the in college. Yeah. Bro, like 30 minutes away in Rutgersville, getting a yep. yellow cab to go to Sheets. I live next to a 7-Eleven, so I just got six of those uh, taquitos yeah. and just smoked them. But... People going to Sheets, and now they're arguing over Sheets and Wawa. And yesterday, I had a Grubhub order of Sheets delivered. I was like, I'm being prepared. I'm ready for this long trip. Sorry. And uh, I'm going to grab a barbecue sandwich with pickles from Sheets. I hear they got great artisans there. Uh, well, not the case. That was the ugliest sandwich I've ever seen, dude. There was a little no. piece of, there's a little meat elbow kind of poking through the bottom of the sandwich. The pickles were everywhere. The fucking... The, the, the barbecue sauce was just, it had enveloped the sandwich. And so I just put that thing in the back of the kayak and let it collect water. <laughs> it was um, not pretty when it came out. It was ugly. I gave it to the fish. It to the but, the, but the bottom line is, I am I am Team Wawa out of process oh. of elimination. The sandwich I had was not up to standard. And, and, and I did a good job of preserving it and keeping it until it was time to eat. I couldn't even eat it. So I'm Team Wawa. Yeah, and uh, yeah. wait till you have their food. You won't be impressed. Really? Either. Not yeah. to not to cut off our potential sponsors, but no. Well, I'm not worried. This isn't about the money. You're gonna get the honest take on this podcast. Uh, corporate instincts. Wait, you say, you say you won't be like you don't like Wawa's food? No, I do. 
I think Wawa makes a good Also, also, I don't think we ordered the right thing. Like, you don't get a barbecue sandwich from Sheets. You get barbecue sandwiches from Brownsville Market. Yeah, I guess. But you don't go. You go to Wawa, bro, and you make yourself a cheesesteak, bro. Okay. You you and I are going to get a cheesesteak this week. I wanted that. That's, hey. Okay. We're going up to Philly. We're going to be in Philly um, Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, and we're going up to interview some some of the Eagles. Some Eagle dogs. And uh, we'll talk to some of the Georgia guys. We'll talk to – I got an interview lined up with Kelsey. Uh, I'll, I'll see Lane, uh, a couple of the Eagles executives maybe I might get get in the, uh, in the RV. And I want to say this. We're taking an RV up because it's hard to get people out of the facility to go to, like, wherever you are. So we're going to have an RV. It's going to be parked in the Eagles parking lot. I hit up Dom, and I was like, hey, my man, can I, I call him Paisan? Me and Paisan, he took care of it for your boy. So the, the RV is going to be up there in the um, in the parking lot. Uh, I want to say this. I want to get out in front of it. This is not – we're not doing a bussing with the boys thing. We're not copying bussing with the boys. First off, ours moves. Uh, and this is my family RV, and it's we're doing this out of necessity. <laughs> not to Rich Eisen, my boys, because Rich Eisen's always like, I'm not coming on the bus. So I'll come on the bus when when it moves. But we've been on the bus. We love the bus. Yo, all love to them, but like, who cares? Like, you know they're well, gonna the, do here's it. Here's the thing: they copied Barstool Van Talk. <laughs> so, and Barstool Van Talk copied John Madden and fucking all the people. I respect every the, every time. I respect getting in front of the narrative. In in, in, in August. During training camp, how many times was, you know, Jay Glazer had his bus? So you go on. It's for efficiency's sake. It's right outside the facility. Right. And we'll be up there, and we'll we'll do some interviews. And um, so I got a brand-new RV. I, so this is, this is one of the most excited I've ever been about a fucking purchase. Because, oh uh, you know, it's not so nice that I feel bad dinging it up. Uh, but we're going to log a lot of miles as a family. It's a Thor. Uh, it's like 23, 24 feet. And uh, it's a Class C for you use at home. Uh, class C, I don't know how you define that, but it's got like a queen mattress in the back, a, uh, a, you know, a shower. Um, it's got a, a bed above the bunk that I sleep in. Fit my whole family. Wow. Okay, it's got an awning. Got billet lights on the outside. It's got a TV on the outside. Put something out there. Yeah. If you decide to sell it, can I be first up? Yeah, for sure. But I'm not probably not going to sell it. <laughs> so basically, I'm psyched about having this thing. Uh, it's drivable. I don't have to fuck with the trailer because that's some of the most emasculating shit in the world. Like mm-hmm. in a in a pinch, having to hook a trailer up, back up to a trailer. I'm not too bad at it, but I don't like being in front of an audience. You go to a campsite, bunch of like people who are lifers. They they're judging you. you I, I dealt with about some of that, that type of stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. major okay. social anxiety. Saturday night, <laughs> we get to the campsite. Awesome little spot. I don't want to give the name of it. It's on a river because I don't want it to be booked up. But uh, it's in Western Virginia, and we pull up there, and there's other campers, and then there's this uh, group of old dudes who are like sixty, and they're playing bluegrass down by the river, and they're right below our RV. So. You know, I got to move the thing three, four times because I got to hook up to power. Uh, I know they're down there like he's starting it again. You know, at one point, the levelers in the back weren't all the way up and they drugged the ground a little bit. And like, we didn't realize it. And I get out and, you know, these guys are playing music down there. It is a fucking challenge. But owning an RV, you got to get the reps. And, uh, you know, you drove it. I drove it. I'm a pretty good driver. Nice. But, 
But yeah, the bottom line is like if you have a family and you want to take your family camping, that first camping trip in the RV is magical. But it's also like if I had a schedule, and maybe we'll do this as a segment, but like a dad schedule, like the toughest one of the toughest opponents on the schedule mm. is is a family camping oh, trip. trip where you're the the alpha that's got to handle all the oh. fucking the tech on the on the RV and the levelers and and the slide out and yeah, and like you know scary. hey you know preparing for the trip and here's the kicker and this is when that game gets tough in like the third or fourth quarter when Wayland starts running a fever and you're two hours from home and you know we made the mistake of not bringing any Tylenol mm. and so like I got to drive home now at ten o'clock with I got to pack the whole camp up in front of the fucking bluegrass guys. And uh, I got to clumsily back out of that that uh, that campground and drive all the way home. So it was a really special trip. RV had a good maiden voyage. Let's make it a good one in Philly. Yeah, now I got a rep under my belt. We'll be uh, and I, I feel less pressure with you guys. Like when your family's in the RV. Like the time I went to Montana and lost the keys, and like yeah. my wife's thinking we're gonna get eaten by fucking bears and shit. And uh, it's bed, dark, and I had to go find a guy who had Starlink mm -hmm. to to call the woman who I rented the RV from to drive into the wilderness and give me like that stuff. You feel like you're fucking up and you're letting everybody down. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a lot of fun with we you can, guys. We're comfortable being idiots together. Yeah, yeah we'll be fun. Sure. How many people does it take to get this RV started? We'll find out. <laughs> but we're gonna be in Philly, and we will enjoy every every minute of it. We'll get some great interviews, so stay tuned for those. And you'll be wearing your sunglasses in Philly. Yeah, we we've been wearing our sunglasses fly. this whole segment. New Oakleys. They're cool. Oakley. You look like an outfielder. Yeah. Look cool. I feel like I need to hit a home run this last game if I'm gonna wear these glasses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you gotta hit a dinger. We're Got gonna be able to block hey, the sun. Shoot. Can we? Ch I, I want to challenge you. Home run derby. You and me. Ooh. Ooh. For Love content. Yeah. For content. Like, At, a, like a softball home run. Yeah, game. we can do it oh, either. Well, we can't do it after the game, but we'll do we like do later this before. week or we do it before the game. Six o'clock game. Yeah, we don't want to tie ourselves out. No, we will. But, but like, <laughs> you don't think so? You don't think we'll tire ourselves out? The bats won't be available, will they? I have a bat. We'll Bring just one. use my Is bat. It regulation? Yeah, yeah, wood? same thing. Okay, well, let's do it. Cool. You and me. There was another competition that they had floated. We'll just end we with a mailbag here. We need 15, which we need like 20 balls. I got, I got plenty of balls. We'll, 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 we'll everybody. a little nervous. Everybody <laughs> shows. Yeah. What's on the line? No. What's on the line? I, I don't know. You guys just, you guys are just telling me about this right now. Well, think about it. Let's think about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I just thought about it last night and remembered. You know, I was like, you're not hitting more home runs than me, bro. Okay. We'll see. Hmm. You just like. Now you can't take a running start. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just making fun of your swing. I'm good. I'm I'm ready to beat you, bro. I'm ready to beat you. I'm glad, yo. Okay. All right, mailbag question. Which one of you could smoke more weed if we turned it into some type of competition? So me. I'll beat you in that competition. There, I don't think there's anyone. And it has to be the same weed, same strain. <laughs> no, I don't think, like, I don't think so. Like, it, and... Yeah, no, no. If we turn it into a competition, no. What I, are the odds? I what do are we not setting think the odds? Anyone at? in this office? I don't do not think anyone who's ever stepped foot in this office. That's wild. That's a wild claim. You can't even smoke cones. No, I can. I can. Like that's what I'm saying. And you can't smoke blunts. I can smoke blunts. Like, blunts are easier to smoke than cones. The reason you you're always like I can't even talk when I smoke a cone. Now we're on the mic. We're up here at the weigh-ins. If, if it's a competition, yeah. 
and I got my mind right and I'm hydrated. So let's do that. And I'm ready. Let's do that. Any we'll day. do an Olympics. We'll do a mental and physical Olympics. Okay. We we'll could. smoke five cones in one sitting. Okay, right here. And then go do the home run derby. <laughs> well, not the home run derby, but we can play categories. Brains. Have a good little Scrabble, Scrabble competition. Scrabble. Scrabble. We'll play Scrabble. You guys know we'll do that trivia. I'm the best Scrabble player. You are also. Not. You have not beat me in Scrabble yet. I and I have proof. Money. He play is good. He's good look, at Scrabble. Look, 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 look. He's that's good at what, Scrabble. That's what everyone says when they get mad. Play me for money. Like, you can't say I'm not good, that, that I'm, I'm not, not good at not something good. when you haven't beaten me in it. Play me high for money. <laughs> I'll play you high. Yeah, five five cones. Yeah. Representing the five rings of the Olympics. Yeah. Make six. It, six. He has to bring six his rings. what you call. Oh no, we can play five? on the okay, we can good. play on a regular board. We can play on the computer board. Like whatever. Scrabble, you Reflex guys games. Do. Yeah. Concussion tests. <laughs> combine interviews. We just need to find a No, we're gonna do this. Yeah, I know. We're gonna do it next week. Um, damn, it sucks. We you got a week a, to train. We don't even have a damn Dave and Buster's in town or close. Gotta go to Dave and Buster's? No, because I could beat you in any, like, like video like video games, whatever. Well, like, that's where we need to go high. The, we need to go somewhere like there. But we also need to go right here and just see how we're talking. Yeah. How are we doing? Bro, like, but what, but what type of things are you trying to do? I don't know yet. Okay. But I know, Figure that out. I know I'm going to beat you. Huh? What are you setting the odds at? You guys, you, you guys. I, there's no you way say, you're siding. There's the no favorite. way anyone, anyone siding with you. Nate's the favorite, according to Matt. I think. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's weird. Like I think Nate has more training. <laughs> yeah. But you do have like a weird doggedness about competition. Yeah. So, like I wouldn't put you too low. I'd say Nate minus one twenty, you plus one hundred. Okay. This content might not ever come out because you know what's gonna happen. Chris might have a panic attack. <laughs> oh please! <laughs> might smoke. Please. Be like what the hell? We're not putting this out, Reed. No, we're like, gonna be. He got it. We're gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine over here. I'm telling you. We're would all gonna. You, be. Would you do it in a time? Like it's a time limit, right? Or just. Who can? Yeah, we can. No, we, 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 it's it's we we do the thing like over a sit, course of we'll thirty minutes and smoke. Yeah, like and and smoke. and then when we say hey, game starts, starts, starts. <laughs> when the whistle goes off, the whistle go woo. <laughs> yeah, Scrabble's like the only. I'm trying to think what other games like show. Because like Monopoly is kind of like luck. No, we're not playing Monopoly. Yeah, we're, we're gonna play categories. We'll play Scrabble. We'll do we'll what's, do wait, we'll wait. do brain games. What's category? You got to play that with a team or no? Categories. You love it. It's my favorite game. Great fun. You have to play with a team though, right? No, you play with yourself. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or you know what? Know what else is a good one? Like Boggle. Like don't know Boggle. Oh, okay. Okay, but fans, yeah. submit listeners, submit. What should we do during these Olympics? Because oh, yeah, it's yeah. happening. Okay. Okay, and then oh, I need the afternoon. And you have what you call? I have one too. We'll bring that. We have to take rips of that too. Oh boy, yeah, sure. Student, I love that thing. Me too. Yeah, I love that thing. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so maybe that's our halftime. Okay, that's you know? good. Yeah. yeah. So we go pre. You know, warm up is the the five, and then and then half we do a student glass. Yeah. All right. You're high right now. No, I'm not. I've been yeah. telling you to pass me cones for half 30 minutes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Here you go. I feel like Reed yesterday. Go ahead. Uh, asking Reed for beers. Yeah. Reed, <laughs> Reed took 45 minutes to give his friend a beer. I can beat you there, though. <laughs> I can beat you at the Mushroom Olympics. Yeah. Definitely not. Yo, Matt, stop egging on. Saying, <laughs> well, yeah. He's I, been know, balanced. He, sounds fun. 
<laughs> have huh? you seen me rip through a fucking rapid with uh, on 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 the booms? You can't. I, I'm very capable on you those keep things. Shit together. I'm very capable. That you're tripping. That's a good thing to hear because you know you're always thinking. Does everybody think I've I'm taken tripping? shrooms multiple times coming yeah. here? You guys don't know if I'm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like so. <laughs> well, so that's the point. So I'm on mushrooms right now. Just joking. Yo, you're so funny. Which would you rather have surgically removed? Your balls or the fingers on your left hand? This is easy. Yeah. All right, Nate, you go first. I'm going to turn into one of those oil things that just... I'm sorry to do this, but <laughs> no fingers on my left hand. I still can manage. <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> I could still... You're, you're getting castrated? Fuck yeah. What the... F what do I need my balls for anymore? I'm actually... Actually, <laughs> bro, I mean, I'm I'm on my I'm I'm on my Big Ben victory tour. My little yeah, see, swan I'm not, song. No, it's no, over. No, that, we're we're in second. we're in different we're in different stages of life. That's one type of cancer gone. <laughs> okay. Oh. Also, Ooh. like I can Is play that that any happens? position so, in right? softball. I can play fearlessly. I'll just be <laughs> out there like, oh, hit me. Nah, you know you know why. Also, I probably shouldn't say this. What? We, we, there's too much. There's Think about when much. you accidentally sit on your balls and you're like, ah, fuck. Oh, well, you still have your dick, right? You'll be like the, the dudes from, um, um, that was protecting, um, the, the, yeah, the yeah, dragon, the, the Game dragon. of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Grey Worm had a great time. Oh. He pulled Missand, what was her name? Missandai. Missandai. Yeah. He her, pulled Missandai so with no, with up. no, no, uh, giblets. Yeah. I did wonder about that. Like no giblets. He hand. Yeah, he had his hand. Yeah. You don't have your hand. Have fun, dude. But Jamie Lannister. How you gonna roll a blunt? Jamie with Lannister. No left hand. Jamie Lannister didn't have a whole hand for he half this. Think about that. He had balls. And he had balls. Think about that. It was kind of his his situation. I think is was a little better than Grey Worms. Yeah, because because uh, he was still a great fighter with that one hand. He figured it out. And he pulled checks. He pulled a lot. He pulled his sister, which is crazy. Yeah, but, but you know what? You almost yeah. get a hall pass. Respect. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I don't think I'm getting my... No, bro, no way I'm getting my nuts cut off. No. Hell, I'm no. getting my nuts sorry. cut off. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys get... I would sit easy it. in the kayak. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sicko, yo. <laughs> You're a sicko. <laughs> what, what's the shame in not having any balls? <laughs> Just a figure of speech, you know? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Is there a more poverty franchise than the Green Bay Packers right now? Oh, man. Yeah, because I, I looked at their rookie the in that video with mm -hmm. uh, Stetson Bennett drinking a coffee. It's all the rookies, <laughs> like, at their um, the rookie media day. Yep. By the way, some of them wearing pants, some of them not, some wearing shorts. Like, I know the guys in pants were super fucking annoyed. Because, uh, you know, when they make you dress up for picture day, it's like a big oh, production. Oh, yeah. But anyways, uh, they pan to the right, and there's this kid who I have no idea who he is wearing number eight, and he's got a Green Bay jersey on, and I'm like, there is zero magic in that brand right now. Yeah. Like, it just goes to show you how important quarterbacks are with how we associate, like, the brand power of a team. Like, what kind of primetime games are they going to have this year? All of a sudden, you're a team that a bunch of guys in orange camo own. Like you, you, you don't even have an owner. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you're, 
your fucking the market is one of the smallest in the NFL. The smallest. I no disrespect because I think like the Packers. You know, Scotty you Trail. That? I just want to tell you, like, you know, you know, when you say no disrespect, I mean, you mean disrespect. disrespect no, it just means like, hey, sensitive people, <laughs> hey, ears open, because I'm, I'm telling you, like, I have great respect for what the Packers have done, and I love charter franchises, but it's going to be a tough stretch unless this kid's pretty good. Poverty franchise. I, I wouldn't. I can't say that they're the most poverty franchise, can I? In the the Oakland A's. Well, they're going to Vegas. They're about to be stacked. I know, but the, the Oakland A's haven't met their sugar daddy yet. Yeah. You know, this is uh, Richard Gere hasn't, you know. I think Washington Wizards is a poverty franchise. The Wizards. The Wizards. Underratedly the, awful for a long time. The A's play when in a was, stadium that's made out of concrete. No one's there. At any moment, a, a chasm in the earth could open up and there could be a giant earthquake. Right. It's like 2,000 people are at these games. When I was in Jacksonville, that's it was poverty. It was. That was before they got Shaq Khan. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad before the pool. How bad was it? But I think the pool, like, it was pretty bad. They used the pool's to, kind of poverty franchise. Yeah, you know, like it's a <laughs> yeah. little. I mean, it's, it's like yeah, but it's endearing. It's, desperate. Yeah. it's endearing though. I love it. No, it's not. It's not being desperate. honest. Like, it, it I'd have a pool in, with in, a sta- I'd have a pool in my stadium if I was like playing. Well, if you're in Florida too, Sim it, it City, gets hot, it gets hot as shit. It's just something that sounds fun. Yeah, it's a fun accessory. Jacksonville, uh, I, I don't know, man. In the NFL, Colts. No, <laughs> no, don't say that. By the way, it reminded me of Jim Irsay, who plays music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a video. Uh, Howie, my brother, was at a, a Santana concert. Nice. And Mark Davis is up there playing the drums. You know the drums that have the little balls on the end, mm-hmm. the sticks. <laughs> he's up there wailing away, dude. He was playing with Santana, Mark That's Davis. Funny. Yeah. He's about to have an infusion of cash. Looks like Brady's going to be a part owner of the Raiders. Yeah, it's true. Or crypto. Infusion of crypto. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Tell us what you think. Right, Green well, Bay, are they there? Are they in that category? Fortunately, I think so. All right. Has anybody ever pranked you real bad, and were you ever close to fighting because of a prank? Mm. Yeah, David Vavora, um, who's, who's a good friend and is a friend of the program as well. When we were rookies. We were boys in St. Louis, uh, and... You know, one night, I had Meg out there, me and Meg are, uh, you know, dating at the time, and she's living with me, and, uh, you know, it's like Friday night, she's trying to sleep, she's working, uh, all of a sudden, I get a call, and it's David, he's outside, he's like, dude, can I come up for a second? I'm like, yeah, no problem, whatever, I'm playing video games, he comes up, I'm really stoned, and uh, he, he walks in, and he's got two chicks with him, uh, and, you know, like, he's... Immediately, I'm thinking like girls' voices. She's upstairs. Yeah. Like this is not good. Yeah. I'm like Dave. What, what are you doing here? He's drunk. He's on the way to like whatever, a uh, party or something. And uh, he's like, I brought you a present. And he hands me a pinata. And uh, I'm like, man, I'm really stoned. Really, are we doing this? And he's like, I wish you to open it up. There's something cool inside. And uh, he uh, he he has me proceed to put a blindfold on and try to beat the pinata up in front of these girls. And uh, it takes me like 10 minutes. I finally open it up. <laughs> and inside is a bunch of uh, like trash. Uh, 
<laughs> and it was like trash that rolled all over the ground. Like this is it. So this is your spot. <laughs> and he's like, "Open up your eyes." And I open my eyes, and I'm like, "Now I want to kill you." Uh, and he's laughing, and the gals who I don't know are like, "Ha ha ha!" And uh, I said, "Get the fuck out of my apartment." <laughs> Uh, and then and then I went back to playing video games. I forgot to clean up the trash oh, in the morning I uh, got a, an earful and, and who the fuck was downstairs? <laughs> so uh, Yeah, thanks Dave that pissed me off. Oh my god and up on the screen. They have uh, yeah This is uh, my, this is one of my favorite all time in ever. 1992 Joe Carter played for the Blue Jays took this rookie's Jeep onto the field and they announced that like somebody in the crowd had won his Jeep. That's his face, Derek Bell, seeing his Jeep being driven onto the field. Also, just seeing such a, like a nondescript yeah. sport utility vehicle yeah. be some rookie got, like he, he painted it. Look at how ugly the cars were that guys got back in the day, like on their rookie deals. Yeah, look at He's in disbelief. Face. He's like, hell no. It's the best prank ever. He's in disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> Great, dude. That's terrible to do before a game because it's just like that'll take my like that'll take like your heart, your stomach dropping from seeing that and being like, yo, this has to be a joke. But then if you're not a joking person, it's just like, yo, why y'all fucking with my car? Like, why y'all fucking with my new You've car? You've seen fights in locker rooms happen over pranks, probably. Yeah, like I'm trying to think of I'm I've really, seen I've seen guys get really mad over stuff. I'm trying to think what I see, like, but like, like it, at the end of the day, it's not really pranks. It's usually it's like bullying. It's video games. Oh, video it's, games. It, it's video games. And actually, <laughs> when we were in the Bears, we had a stupid game called Box Em Up, and that used to start fights. And what Box Em Up was, was at any moment, if you're walking in the locker room, <laughs> you had to basically be walking like this. So that Hands someone the unexpectedly, they would take a big box and try to slam <laughs> it over your head. What a stupid game. And then when it happened, like when everyone would see it and they would yell, Reed. box them up. <laughs> Do we have any boxes? <laughs> um, but the key is, it's like, it used to be like offense versus defense. Yeah. But the key is, if you see it coming, you'll be like, watch out, watch out, watch out. And if you do this, then your hands will stop protect you yeah, from getting box. what you're going. Reed so, just dumped out a box so full of electronics. We were, we're, we're, we're ready to play bears. this game. Dude, when we were on the Bears. <laughs> oh! The weed mason jar. He did it yesterday. You. He got Nate's weed wet. <laughs> I'm going to get you before the end of this show. See, <laughs> so you need a bigger box. Yeah. That, that'll definitely start a fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cut, cut somebody in the side of their head. Yeah. We had a, we had a game uh, called Smack Cam, basically, <laughs> that if somebody was walking around wearing issued gear, like anywhere in public at the facility, You're allowed to smack you were allowed them. to know. It wasn't a smack. We would, uh, it was a handful of whipped cream, oh, God. and it was just to the face. Uh, or shaving cream, shaving cream. You ever do it to somebody? Yeah, we did it to people, and I had it happen to me when I was sitting doing a live hit, like 7 a.m., so like they'll hit you up after a practice and be like, yo, can you come in early tomorrow? NFL Network wants to talk to you. I'm really sorry to hit you, because like, I know you don't like waking up early, but James said no, and blah, blah, blah. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. 
So I came in because I had treatment and I'm up there at seven in the morning and getting interviewed on a fucking like live feed and Cortland Finnegan comes in like, like Spider-Man out of the back and just pies me in the face and I'm on fucking national TV and it looks like Brazzers, dude. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh my. Yeah, look, see, look at him with a little skip. He just, look at him, he's got, he just skips in like a little leprechaun. Fucking ruins. Did you ever get him back for that? Well, I was doing an interview. I, you know, I thought it was no. I definitely got him back. You but, get him back now during the interview. Hit yeah. him, find out when he's doing the interview. But he, but he's got to be wearing fucking issued gear, oh. which he doesn't do. So, <laughs> anyways, we had that game. You know, we used to. I've talked about pranks on here. We used to. Man, we we we. I, I built the houses around guys' cars. You heard about that one, right, Nate? Uh, and then Kyle, when he was in Chicago, now he got kind of mad about this. They there. put a tarantula in his I was bed. There for that. Him and John and Boston. still nobody to this day will admit who it was. And I think it was Peanut Tillman. Yeah, him and yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> him and John Bostic, I remember. But they put the they put the spider in Kyle's room, like I think in his bed. But John Bostic, they put it in his toiletry bags. <laughs> And the tarantula stayed in there the entire night. So when he woke up at four or five in the morning to brush his teeth, he said it jumped. Tarantulas jump. He said it jumped out of the bag. God, dude. Imagine he had slipped and, and just like broke his arm just in the a bathroom. Bunch of stuff. But Some things aren't pranks. Some guys would do pranks, and like a prank would be, oh, I pranked him earlier today. And I'd be like, what'd you do? And he's like, Oh, I took all his clothes and, and froze them. <laughs> or I dumped all his clothes in the hot tub. Or I fucking, that's not a prank. That's they did just that to me. I'm not going to lie. They did that to JPP when I was on Giants. We were rookies. Yeah. They, JPP wasn't necessarily a good rookie. Whenever they wanted him to sing yeah. or do certain stuff, he wasn't really compliant with a lot of like the, the rookie yeah, expectations. <laughs> but. I remember one day before an away game traveling, they put his travel suit stop in the cold tub. Yeah, well that that's the classic. And it was fuck just you. Like, that's like a fuck you like. And it was just like, I everyone like the people who weren't a part of it, like whether you were a rookie or not, like you kind of felt bad because it's just like certain things. You know, everyone has their pushing point, <laughs> and you can tell when someone's hit their pushing point, and it's just like. I don't give a fuck if I don't sing. Like, y'all not gonna take this suit that I just bought for whatever amount of money and put it in the fucking cold tub. <laughs> I should prank Macon because he doesn't listen to the podcast. He's proud of that. I should prank the fuck out of him. What should I do? I used to want to get like a big sharper image, like Bigfoot statue, you know, with Sky Mall and like put it in his yard or like. You should take the real estate exam and then pass it and then get a massive billboard and then like start challenging him for listings. Oh, that's great. Oh, that is great. How do I get my real estate license? You gotta do a lot. I'm sure it's like a day. Carmelo no. Soprano got it, you're good. Okay. <laughs> it's not a day. I took it before. You did it? I did the classes and I didn't take I didn't take the what you call it though. Oh well I'm gonna do it. You have time to take um after you take all the classes, you have time to take the the actual test. Okay, look for me on the side of the road. <laughs> All right, well, that's good. Everybody have a great week. We'll be in Philly eating cheesesteaks and catching up with friends. Uh, stay tuned for, uh, for later this week. We'll find you a good guest.